Zonti. Chaplain Milton. Hey. Back at it. Good to be back at it. And uh, it's the Wake Up Die podcast. We're back at doing this conversation. We're talking about trying to live this life, this wake up die life, which is a life that takes you to the next level, especially spiritually. And and we've been diving into these five areas where you need to wake up and you need to die. <laughs> uh, it's a life in, in submission to Jesus, to God. And uh, we want to figure out practically how to do it. Yeah. That's where we're at. Where we're picking up. I mean, those five things that we've been talking about, working our way through, is when Jesus said, the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love others as you love yourself. And those are the five that we've been working through because the wake up, die formula is wake up, figure out what needs to change. Where do I need to, you know, change something, move something around? What needs to be surrendered to God? Die. Lay it at the foot of the cross. Get rid of the things that are in the way of your relationship with your Father in Heaven so that you can live the best life that you can here on Earth. Fulfillment, closeness with Jesus. It's the mission that I'm on every day. I'm trying to get closer, trying to get better, and uh, just stay in His presence. So the third one is the one we're on today, which is your mind. How do I love the Lord God with all of my mind? Yeah. And we're in a generation, we're in currently in human history, the most information that's ever been thrown at us. Right. The most to process, the the most that we've ever been given definitions of who we are and what we can be and what we should become and what matters and what doesn't matter. All the stuff, all the time. It's in our pocket. It's when we drive. It's literally just nonstop noise. Yeah. How do we walk out into that world and fight the battle that's being fought in our minds where we live on purpose instead of letting life toss us around or other narratives push how we think. How do we captivate our thoughts and choose to wake up, say this is what needs to change, and then die, surrender it to God? Yeah, this is an important one. Uh, I'm, I even feel this, and, and you would think like, oh, he's, he's a man of God. He's got it all together. Trust me, I don't. I don't have it all together. And there are moments where I'm woken up in the middle of the night and my mind is just racing. Yeah. And it's just full of information and thoughts and worries. And it's it's all the stuff that, you know, of course, social media and radio and, and television and all these things that, that my mind connects with, right? And then on top of that, my own worries, my own concerns, the the messages of the world, all those things. And and it affects my mood, it affects my energy, it affects my relationships. And, and I just wish, there are so many times that I, that I can recall that I just couldn't put my mind under control, under submission. And if I could just figure that out, I know that that would make the difference, the biggest difference in what came next for me. And instead of fighting with my wife, I'm loving her. Instead of, you know, being lazy and not going to work, I'm, I'm being effective and I'm, I'm making things happen. So this battle for the mind is one of the biggest and I think most challenging battles we're ever going to face. Yeah, 100%. I mean, and the crazy part about how life is today is there's no neutral. I mean, we talked about this earlier. There, like, if you stay still in a river where there's a tide, you're not going to stay in the same spot. Right. You get dragged, right? You have to swim intentionally in order to not be pulled by the current. Yeah. So how does that relate to, to the brain? I think with the mindset, there's literally th- all of the messaging around us is trying to sway us one way or another. 
Okay. It could be for positive, it could be for negative, but there's no neutral messaging. Even the writing I on, see. you know, the watch that you're wearing, or like like the branding on a bracelet or a shoe, the the billboards as we draw, everything, even the, you know, your morning cup of coffee, chances are that coffee maker is trying to tell you something. All of it is, huh, buy this product, or remember our brand, or this is what you need to be happy, or this is who you can become, and then of course social media, always in your pocket, always in escape. You know, I mean, there, there's no neutral. Everything wants yeah. to pull your attention. And Everything is the distraction right. from where you really need to be at. And it's like, how do I mute the distractions? If all of this is at me, where do I need to plug in? And it's interesting. We're finding out more and more that the people who are giving us these messages, they are experts 100%. at grabbing us. They're <laughs> experts at getting our attention. There there have been so many documentaries. Uh, I think one is called The Social Dilemma yeah. on Netflix. And then even people who are in the industry are coming out and they're like blowing the whistle saying like, we know exactly how to get you. We know exactly how to grab your attention. There's a war for your mind. Yeah. Even to the point, this one I couldn't believe. The people who make food like and we'll talk about you know strength and body but but this goes to show the the intentionality that the world has the people who make the food they figured out how to give you the flavor in such a way that you taste it and you love it and it lasts just long enough for you to want more mm-hmm. so that it's you it's all down to yeah. a science all of this exactly stuff. <laughs> yeah they got us so figured out and and sometimes i wonder like if we even have a chance yeah I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. There's been a lot of moments because, I, I mean, if you really take a second to look around you and, and I don't know, not everybody feels this way, but sometimes I've struggled with the concept of reality. It's like hmm. everything around me feels so against me. How could I possibly make a difference? What's real? What's not real? You know, when, when that's history, when that's society, all of this stuff, right? Like you, how do you find peace in a moment like this? How do you find sanity when there's so much going on, especially when there are people who know more about your mind than you do, and they're after you from the moment that you step out of your door. Yeah. And I think what I started to realize is that I might not be able to control the world around me, but I can control what I consume. True. I can be intentional to an extent of what I look at, what I watch, what am I listening to, what am I around, what do I talk about with my friends, what am I spending time on? Because uh, where focus goes, energy flows. Yeah. I mean, I've listened to Tony Robbins say that for years. It's where focus goes, energy flows. What are you putting your intentionality towards? Right. And and um, Jesus talks about captivating our thoughts. Mm-hmm. In His Word, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of language about how do you how do you stop your thoughts from going the wrong way? Right. How do you win the battle in your mind? And that's setting your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Well, what are the things above? How do I target the things of the earth how do i figure out which is which i think that's where the wake up comes into yes. play. that's what we're talking about it's like yeah. all right i know i need to set my mind on things above i know that everybody's out to kill this mind of mine and and put in what they think i, th- I should be thinking about whether it's to buy a product or whether it's an identity thing everybody's after me so how do i wake up yeah i think we one of the things that needs to happen is we have to realize what the world is trying to make us believe mm-hmm. because that that's we're buying into it too there's easily. There's always a reason for it. Yeah. Think about social media. So you look at Facebook's uh, Instagram. So you get on these platforms and then you say like, oh, I'm going to start following these people and my friends and all this kind of stuff. But what, what you're actually doing is you're 
you're jumping into a comparison game. Mm. And now you're seeing your friend. And this has happened to me. This has happened to me. Like, my family members will post, oh, we're in Hawaii vacationing, blah, blah, oh, it's all great, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, how come they are in Hawaii and I'm not in Hawaii? And now all of a sudden I'm starting to think, like, like, Shouldn't I be in Hawaii? Like, As an artist, now, that's a danger, too. You can, right, you right. You see other people and their accomplishments, or you can see what they're doing, and then, you know, if there's any shred of insecurity, it's like, am I enough? I should be in this place. I should be doing this. I mean, it's it's all right. around us for sure. Yeah, so so now the I think what they're selling me is, like, you could you can be happy by being better than these people, but they're selling me happiness through sadness. Yeah. And I'm like, what? And, and I'm just starting to realize that, like, they're making me feel bad about myself so that I will then try to make myself better through their means. I think, I think yeah, I think you're right that successful can be defined sometimes as being, you know, better off than other people. Yes. Instead of what's best for me. Right. You know, so what I mean by that is like fulfillment and success are very different. Some people will be fulfilled with this result. Some people will be fulfilled with this result. But like that game of comparison, my sister ran track for a bit and she had a a gold medalist, um, you know, Olympian track star who coached her for a couple one on one sessions. Yeah, that's cool. And what he he was a believer in what he said is the quickest way to lose a race is look beside you or look behind you. Hmm. You either dwell in your past or you compare. I think another interesting thing about, and this is not, you know, anti-social media because there's an element of, I mean, right. it's, it's the Roman roads of our day. It's the way you communicate, and I'm using it right in this moment to impact change. I just believe that we should be intentional with how we do it. Um, I think that there's an interesting concept about social media, about the world around us, and about most things. If you're not, if it's free, you're the product. Right, right. So... I think winning the battle in your mind is starting to understand that the world out there is not for you. Your For You page, they're right. after you. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. for you. Like, they're coming for you. Like, they're after <laughs> you. You, you yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. It's like, you know, I started to realize a pattern. Like, okay, like, at first it was like, oh, all this stuff is curated based on what I like. And then I started realizing things that were slipping in there that, like, more and more were trying to distract me from the tasks at hand. So, yeah. practicality, where do we jump in? This is what I believe. That, that what you consume and what you're around is is going to, I mean, what you put in is, it's this age old concept. What you put in is what you're gonna get out. Yes. So let's wake up to how are you spending your time? Where are you putting your mind? Right. Really, really practical. What do you do the first 20 minutes that you wake up? I mean, that first 20 minutes is scientifically proven to impact the rest of your day. Yeah. What are your habits? Where does your discipline go? You know, and when it comes to the things that you're thinking about, I mean, you become like the five people you hang out with the most. What's your conversation? What are you okay. guys dwelling on? What did your parents believe about you that affects how you believe? Maybe you're like me where, you know, your mom was saying, hey, I believe you can do anything. Maybe you didn't have that. Mm-hmm. What are the beliefs that you believe about yourself slash what do you believe about the world around you? How do we attack that to get it right? Okay, let's let's break it down a little bit. So you talk about the first 20 minutes of the day. Yeah. Let's let's give some practical examples of that. Like what do you do in the first 20 minutes of your day? The first 20 minutes is kind of something that, you know, even even on the days where I'm I'm super busy and I have a lot that happens, there's kind of this sacred moment where like, all right, you know, I'm going to make sure that this happens. It's pretty simple. It's get down on my knees and pray. Okay. Um, I do that because I saw my father do that, and I believe it's just a really good way to get zeroed in, get focused. Like, I surrender. I give you this day, God. Do I just do push-ups. Okay. Um, you know, kind of get the blood flowing, drink some water. And then uh, I have a... Um, 
kind of a, a written down what I believe about myself. And huh, it took me a while to yeah. build it. A lot of it was through scripture. We're going to talk about this. Who does God see me as? Yeah. So I had a lot of insecurities. I had a lot of anxiety. Now I'm going to start to believe what God says about me instead of what people have said about me or what I believe about myself. Yeah. You know, and so I'll read that looking in the mirror, just like, this is who I am. This is who I'm called to be. This is how my father in heaven sees me. And, uh, and I'll, I'll read, I'll read the word. And then I, I start. And I also make sure the first thing I listen to, um, is something that's going to build me up, whether mm -hmm. it's worship, whether it's uh, motivation, whether it's music that I've been working on. I just, I try to keep that first 20 minutes sacred. Um, literally, I mean, this is yeah. very practical to stay off my phone too. Like I'll make sure that I have it on, um, you know, the do not disturb with the, the personal version. Yeah. So there's no text coming in. I'm not, my attention is not being pulled because when the days that my attention gets pulled, as soon as I get up, the rest of the day kind of fills into gotcha. that pattern of like, like if anything can get your attention, then nothing has your attention. You Come know again? what I mean? No, like, I don't know what you mean. If what anything can get your attention, if oh, you're I easily you're distracted yeah, yeah. by whatever, then there's nothing that really has your focus. Gets, you get, well, got you. Got and, you. and the right. moment that you wake up, that's that's an important part. And then you'll find if you start treating every single day with that intentionality of like, okay, I got my 20 minutes figured out. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to get my nighttime routine figured out. Okay. That one can be even more simple. I'll read some of the word. I'll kneel down and pray. And just at the end of the day, I always say, which we talked about last time, yeah. not my will, but yours be done. Yeah. And before I go to sleep every night. So even if everything else falls apart, I know that I'm being intentional when I wake up and I'm being intentional before I go to sleep. I'm controlling what I can. Now, how do I build every interaction, every thought, right. all my consumption around those ideals of what's best based on what God says is best? How do I how do I consume things that are helping me? Because there's no neutral, like we said. Yeah, it's either yeah. helping you or hurting you. Right. There's not a middle ground option. I've been um, currently right now. I've done different things during that first part of the day, but currently right now, um, there's an there's I've felt like there's a part of my life that's not under full submission to God. Hmm. That's real. Um, yeah. No, it's, it's the truth. This is where I am right now. So I've been spending the first part of the day in just conversation with God about submitting that, just releasing it and turning it over to him. So like first thing I do is go to the bathroom. Okay. But fr from the minute I get up <laughs> from the bed and I start walking to the bathroom and the I'm talking to God, I'm like this part of my life. I feel like I am not doing well with submitting to you, and I want to submit it today. Yeah. And I only I only talk about today. That's daily bread, because, like we said before. Yeah, yeah, because I just got to make it through today. That's good. We'll worry about tomorrow tomorrow. <laughs> but right now, so God, take this, because I can't. I've been failing in this one area of my life. Take it, because I can't control it. I yeah. cannot control it. And the only way it's going to get under control is if you come in. So that's how I've been spending my, my and I've been seeing much more success in that part of my life than I have ever before. Uh, but it's, it's, it's what you said. And that word is so important. Intentionality. Yeah. So much of our life and it's, it's with our mind. We don't intentionally go into situations. We just yeah. kind of go. 
and whatever happens, happens. But no, if you go in with a certain focus, if you go in with a with a game plan, yeah. right, you're much more successful in guarding yourself or in taking in what needs to happen. But so much of life, we just let it happen. Yeah. And that is a huge mistake, I believe, especially for the mind. Yeah. Don't just let it happen. Make sure you're prepared for what you're going to face. Live your day. Don't let the day live you. Right. I want to define greatness for a second. Okay. I believe that greatness is being the very best version of yourself that you could possibly be. I like that. So Michael Jordan's greatness looks like one, you know, one way. Kobe Bryant's greatness looks one way. My greatness looks one way, right? Every single individual that's ever lived, there's a different version of greatness to you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is centered around what we've already talked about, finding God's will for your life and then pursuing that calling. If you want to achieve greatness, the most consistent tool, if you study it, that's used by anybody who's ever been great is the discipline of the mind. Yeah. Even without God, discipline of the mind has rewards, has results. How much more so if it's submitted to the Holy Spirit and we don't have to do it all on our own strength. That's one of the things that helped me is I had habits that I was trying to break, thought process. Literally, in my mind, like when I would be about to make a decision, because I overthought so much, I would be about to make a decision and I would hear, don't do that. Mm. And I would second guess before, like a, a moment of hesitation. Nobody else knew about it but me. Nobody else could pick up on it but me. And that had been ingrained in my mind because when I would go with my gut or I would be led by the Spirit, sometimes that resulted with people not liking it. Right. With, you know, me being like left out or, you know, being attacked. And so it's like, uh, I don't know about this. And, and that insecurity, that overthinking starts to build. Yeah. Greatness, which is me being the best version of myself, stepping into my calling, requires me to say, through Christ who gives me strength, I captivate that thought. In this moment, when the Holy Spirit tells me to go, it's like Peter walking on water. We've all heard that story. Peter gets called by Jesus to step out on this this water that's raging. And I imagine almost rapid level, just waves tossing back and forth. He's got to take a step. In that moment, all he has to do is take a step. And when he hears Jesus' voice, he has to go. If he would have waited, he said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out there. Yeah. So with me in my life, Lord, if it's you, you better shout at me and say, go. I want to hear your voice. I'm doing my best, like the morning routine. This is good. I like this. The morning routine, the way that you consume, what are you watching? What are you listening to? We're not stupid. We, we can. I feel like if everybody's honest, we can figure out what's wrong in our lives. I mean, I think you know off the top of your head <laughs> right. what needs to go. Okay, all of that stuff is in the way of you hearing the voice of Jesus. That's the wind and the waves. Okay. So all of the stuff that you allow to be escapism in your life, yeah. no matter how, whether it's some people really struggle with escapism through drugs, through substance abuse, through addiction. There are other people who are addicted to escapism through social media or through a show, binging a show, through mm-hmm. sugar or caffeine. or like I know as a human being, there's so many things that are thrown at us that are addictive, that are you know right. escapism driven. That's all wind and waves. That's all in the way of the voice of Jesus. And I'm in the center of all this mess. And I'm saying, this is how I got out. This is how I started to improve my mind and love the Lord with all my mind. I said, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come out there on the water. And, and what happens is, is if you're quiet and if you start to move those distractions by being intentional, yes. by being disciplined, you hear him say, come to me on the water. Then you take the step. Right. 
that's when things start to change. Yeah. So the only reason why it matters to be intentional about this stuff, because you could say, well, God's big enough to love me in my mess. Yeah, he is. He loves you just as you are, but he doesn't want you to stay that way. That's the whole point of wake up and die. Mm. Daily, I pick up my cross. I crucify my flesh. I want to give up what's important to me. Yes. Or what maybe is comfortable to me or how I escape for God's best because I want to be the best version of myself by saying, yes, I will come to you. Comfort is a huge one. You use that word. And and I had a moment like that. Mm. And, and uh, this this changed so much for me in, when it came to mindset. So there was uh, a lady from my church who was in the hospital. And she was dying of COVID. Okay. And for some reason, they let me come into her room. This was a couple of years ago. And I go in the room and I'm with her, the lady's sister, and then the lady's daughter, husband, and son. All of us are in the room. And it was mom's final moments. And the daughter was really, really upset really upset, even though it was, it had been a long journey and everybody was kind of expecting that she was going to pass very soon. And the daughter was getting angry at the doctors and the nurses because she felt like they weren't taking enough care for mom and not doing enough to help her, you know, survive this or extend her life. And I kept feeling like God, in my mind, I kept feeling like God was saying, you need to say something. And I was like, really? Like, what, do I want, what am I going to say? And God's like, you need to say something. And I thought this, I don't want to make this about me. Mm-hmm. Like the pastor now is going to say some, some amazing thing and, and everybody's going to feel good. And, and I just kept feeling God saying, you got to say something. You got to say something in my mind. And, and I was fighting it. I was like, no, no, no. You know, I'm just here to, you know, just to be here, present, support. And I finally said, Yes. I finally said, okay, God, I'm going to say something. And I looked at her and I said, hey, do you want to say something to your mom? Because if you do, I bet she can hear you. Hmm. That's heavy. The moment I said that, she started bawling and crying and telling her mother, mom, thank you for teaching me about God. I'm going to go back to church. I'm going to do everything you ever want. I'm going to get baptized. And she... And she's just started saying these things to mom. And then when she was done, then her husband started talking. Wow. And he started saying, sweetie, thank you for showing us Jesus. And he started saying, I'm going to go back to church. I'm going to do. And he started talking. And then the son who has said two words the whole three days that I've been there. He starts talking and saying, Mom, I love you, wow. and I'm going to miss you, and all this kind of stuff. And, and I'm just like, oh, this is what God wanted. And I think, I shudder at the thought, if I wouldn't have paid attention to the, what God was telling me, Never would that moment that. not have happened for yeah. them? You know? And now this whole family is, is at church now, you know? and they're praising the Lord, and, and, and they got baptized. It's, it's just a great story, but it, it, it happened because I allowed myself to feel and to understand and to hear God in my mind, push aside all the distractions, put my phone aside, put it all aside, and just be in the moment intentionally mm-hmm. and say, okay, God, I'm going to pay attention, I'm going to listen, and I'm going to obey. That's stepping out in the water. Yeah. And, and we hear that story so much, but I think it's, it's essentially how we, how we take charge of the mind. It's like, don't let the fear hold you back. What do we believe about ourselves? What do we believe about God? 
he says you can do anything through Christ who gives you strength. Yeah. I don't think that that, that means like, you know, I don't think that means like anything. All, I mean, honestly, even as I say that, I truly believe if God wants something to happen, oh, sure. no matter how crazy it is, yeah, it could happen. True. Like, shoot, he was breaking the laws of physics. So can we, right? Right, but like, right. But what I feel like the, the clear definition for that daily use is, is like, if he will never call you somewhere and then not help you get there. That's right. He's not going to be like, all right, do this, say this in this moment. All right, I'm out. Right. He allows it. It's like he has this beautiful story written and then he allows us to play a part in it. Mm-hmm. You know, he in that moment, he could have definitely moved and had them start saying what they wanted to say in the hospital without you even there. Yeah. But he chooses to involve you the same way in my life on these stages with these songs. He could use anybody, but he chooses to use me. That's the beauty of loving God with your mind is you understand you don't have to use me. You don't have to choose me or set me up or put me in a position. But as long as it is called today, I will be grateful for every moment that you're trying to use me. And in order to make that happen, I'm going to clear this. I'm going to move anything that could get in the way of you and me because we've talked about it already. An idol, something that's above your relationship with God, is stopping you from closeness with Him. So what are the idols in your mind? What do you worship that gives you that little, you know, escape throughout the day? Like, if you ever, like, you know, if you've ever vaped, right? Or if you've ever, you know, any any kind of addiction, um, no matter how big or no matter how small, one of the things that I know about my homies who vape is just like it, it's it's so hard to escape. It's always with you, and it's just like it's not really hurting you in the same way as some other stuff does. But it's just like you know, you just in a, a quick moment go back to normal. But it's like how much of our lives is centered around that kind of addiction? Yeah, even with your mind, you know, I think I think self hatred can be an addiction. Right. Yeah. I think depression depression can be an addiction. Yeah. What I mean by that is it doesn't mean that's not real. It's very real. Expectations. Addictions, expectations. Expectations could be so an addiction. The reason yeah. why I bring that up is because all of it, if you if you look at any addiction, what happens is 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 the withdrawal starts to hurt and then you go back to it. Yeah. I what what you're saying is is so important and we talked about, you know, the beginning of the day, the end of the day, how that those two moments are very important in mindset, you know, starting the day well, ending the day well. Uh, but let's not forget, and we talked about this in another episode, which is you you can clear something out, but you got to replace it with something. You got to replace yeah. it with something, and and I'm pretty sure you and I would agree that replacing the thinking, the bad thinking, whether it's addictions, whether it's expectations, whether it's self hatred, whatever it might be, to replace that with the truth, what we believe is true about how God sees us. And what he wants, what he's saying about us and what he believes about us, replacing those negative thoughts with those positive thoughts are really the, the key, yeah. you know, to know that when I wake up in the morning and to say, like, I'm I, this area of my life is out of control, God, but I know that you have promised that I can give you anything and you will take it. then that's what I'm replacing that thinking with. So there are many messages from God that we can use as this weapon against the negative thoughts in the battle for our mind. That's how you fight the... What are some of the messages you use? That's how you fight the withdrawal. I mean, like, for real, whatever whatever that habit is, Mm -hmm. whatever that insecurity is, whatever that mindset, you know, breakdown is, that's how you fight it, is with the positive. And I think the way that I've learned to do that is understanding that, I mean, it's, it's... Jesus saying things like this was one that really kind of caught me off guard. Jesus said, You can do greater things than me. Yeah. 
And when you read that, it's like, be greater than Jesus feels really, like, wrong to think about. That's like, whoa. I mean, that's my whole life. It's like, Jesus is the pinnacle. How am I supposed to? But he said it. He said so it. So it must be true, right? It's the understanding that, that, I love this, I love this concept of, of, you know, the world is the matrix, right? Okay. Like for anybody who doesn't know what that means, it's like everything around you is this simulation and you got to, you know, it, it kind of chases down anything that's different. Mm-hmm. It subdues it. But like if you figure out how you can be in full control of the matrix. Right. So how I look at life following God is like I'm in the matrix right now. Everything around me has to submit under the one name. Right. And if I understand the way that things work and I understand my identity, I'll believe that God created everything. Yes. That he is the developer and I'm sitting next to him and he's giving me the game plan through his word and the mindset fuel that I find, whether it's through people who have achieved success, whether it's directly through his word, which is the ultimate source, whether it's the time I spend with him, you know, worshiping him Mm -hmm. and loving him with our heart or with our soul. All of this stuff adds up to this final understanding that if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new is here being born again. This terminology that Jesus says you must be born again is understanding that the limited version of you that that is tied down by all of the stuff that you're addicted to, all the stuff you struggle with, like I said, even depression can be an addiction, the the pain that you carry, the stuff that you feel like is so permanent that you'll never escape it, the way that all of that dies is to understand that, okay, one, Jesus paid for anything that I've ever done wrong. So I know where I'm going when this is over, but I don't have to feel shame. Two, everything if it's his will, everything is possible. So the way I live my life now is literally waking up and understanding as long as it's his will, there's nothing that I can't accomplish. There's no yes. limits here on this planet. I have full control of the environment around me because I'm trusting him. Right. It's it's King David had full access to all of God's blessings and all of his promises because he moved out of the way. So it's like... I mean, think about it like this. If you're playing a video game in a competition, and if you if you beat all the levels, then you get $5 million. I want to play that but, game. But, right, exactly. <laughs> same. But, like, you're next to three other people, and all of you are playing this game, and the first one to complete all the levels wins a million dollars. I'm going to win. Or $5 million. I'm going to win. Yeah, see, I'm that's what I'm saying. Already, you, you got the yeah. competitive drive. You want to win. Mm, that's right. But the developer is right next to you. Ooh. Aren't you going to ask him for help? Absolutely. If you're allowed to, if that's part of it, it's like who's going to – like. Yeah. He, he knows how this all works. Yeah. God sees time like a train. You're in one car, but he can see the front of the train and the back of the train because he's on the hill looking as the train passes by. Mm-hmm. That's how he views time. He knows the script and the screenplay of your life. Now it's our job to act it out. I know that's like big, but like <laughs> really the mindset stuff, the way that you worship him with your mind, the way you love him with your mind is yeah. understanding that the best thing is always going to be what's your will. And he'll help you figure out this thing called life where there are no limits. You really can accomplish anything. Your anxiety has to fall at the name of Jesus. There, there are two moments in my life where my mindset changed and it came from, it actually came from scripture. Okay. No, actually, one of them came from scripture. The other one came from, you mentioned Tony Robbins and scripture. The first one was I was at a time in my ministry where uh, I was feeling really bad. I wasn't. I felt like I wasn't succeeding very well. I wasn't making a lot of great progress with my youth group. I was a youth pastor at the time, and a sister of the church called me and says, "I have a. I have a verse for you. God gave me a verse for you." I was like, "Whoa!" Like no one had ever done that to me before. She said, "Romans eight one. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus." 
and that's exactly what I needed to hear. And I and it, it made me understand. God was telling me, this isn't about your success or your failure. I'm never condemning you. Just live for me. Just serve me. That's all you need to do. The rest, I'm going to figure it out. So don't feel bad about what you think is going well or isn't. I'm not condemning you. You're good just as you are with me. It's like, that. That changed a tra- trajectory of my life. Now, recently, recently, it was the verse, it's a couple of things. So I was listening to a Tony Robbins podcast, and he talked about that uh, you have power that you don't understand if you can get focused on what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And then that brought the verse, uh, I can do all things through Christ. Yeah. And here's what happened. This phrase came in my brain. I'm unstoppable. Yeah. I am unstoppable. And the reason I needed to hear that was because I was seeing some barriers from from my bosses and, and the, the, the world that I work in. And God was telling me, there's no way any of that can ever stop you from doing what I've called you to do, mm-hmm. Milton. You are unstoppable. Well, so believe that and move in that power. Mm-hmm. That changed this so immensely, I started, I started moving. I started yeah. working. I started delivering things that I wasn't able to before. Well, what if we started looking at the obstacles like you just said? Instead of it's like, oh, this is something that's, you know, difficult. Yeah. Woe is me. I wish this wasn't happening. Why? Why? If, instead of why me, what if we said try me? What if we understood <laughs> Ooh, that like I like that. Like this is this is an obstacle. This is part of the game design. Yeah. This was built here. So that God is glorified because I'm unstoppable through him. Yeah. So instead of being overwhelmed or frustrated, and it's okay to feel emotion when things go wrong, but one of the ways that I've gotten over some really intense situations in life and some really tough battles is like, okay, this is here for a reason because when I win, it's going to be that much sweeter. Yeah. When I get to the finish line, because of the battle, because of the journey, God's going to be glorified. When I get to this spot, because of how hard this battle was, like, somebody's going to be inspired by me because anytime we watch a true story movie it's it's never exciting if everything is just handed to them <laughs> the whole reason why like rudy or something you know is like yeah, yeah. so inspiring is like because there's so much hell that has to be walked through first yeah the whole point of the good stories that we consume is like okay they got a dream and then they got to go through all of this stuff but then they get to the dream yeah why are we discouraged when we face these things Stop saying, why me? Start saying, try me. And that's very hard for some of us because life is not fair. There are people who know more pain than I'll ever experience and vice versa. There's some people who have it, you know, way better. But everybody's pain is different and everybody's story is valid. Now, what I'm asking myself daily and what I'm asking everybody listening and I'm asking you, and it's like what God is really asking us and challenging us with is, okay, here's your story. Only you can live it. Mm-hmm. Only you can live out this story that I've designed specifically for you. Nobody has your eye color. Nobody has your fingerprint. In the same way, nobody has your problems and nobody has your challenges. You're never alone because your Father in Heaven has never left your side. I fully understand you. What I am asking you is how are you going to move forward knowing that all of this is here for a reason right. so that when you overcome it, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Jeremiah 29, 11, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. If you can start approaching these problems with that mindset of, right. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. This is the matrix and I got the cheat code, baby. I know how to do this because everything I consume attributes to my mindset. 
how am I going to live my life with that information? Because, I mean, really, when you, when you sit back on your deathbed, like, what if all of the versions of you that you could have unlocked start to show up in your mind and you realize how much you limited yourself because you believed what everybody else said instead of what God said? Mm-hmm. Right. I had to actually choose to forget the mindsets that had been given to me, yeah. either by the world around me or, or by people or by my own self, my insecurities, my pain. And I had to choose what God says, which is I'm, I'm enough, I'm loved, and I can do anything. And that's it. I, all of that stuff is... is so important for you to think about and if you really pay attention everybody who has a dream gets to that dream unless they quit right the only way you don't get to the calling when I say dream I don't just mean oh I want to be you know such and such right, for the sake right, of it right. it's like okay say you did step one and two say you gave God your heart and you loved him with all your heart. So now your why and your engine is brought to you by your Lord and Savior, right? Yeah. And say you love God with all your soul. You're getting close to him and now your identity is in Christ. Cool. That means that when it comes time to love him with your mind, you now have a why and an identity that's built by your Father in heaven. So say you've got that figured out. There is no way that you don't get to where you're called to be unless you quit. Right. And the way I like to look at it is like when it comes to mindset is everybody... Everybody could get to that greatness that they're called to unless they give up. I don't know. It just it just feels like feels like so often we think about it like you gotta earn that spot. Like if you stop climbing, you know, then you won't get there. But like what if it's like you're automatically gonna get there at whatever time you're supposed to get there unless you quit. And everybody would have made it there unless they quit. Yeah. The mindset that you have to have is keep stepping forward on the waves. Peter he took his eyes off Jesus and he sank. Right. I believe that they show us that in the Bible because we need to understand what happens if we take our eyes off of Jesus. In every moment, no matter how painful it is, no matter how difficult it is, how do you wake up to the mindset and how do you die in that mindset? Understanding that all of these distractions got to go. Now I got to give it all to Jesus and I got to stay locked in. And no matter what's around me, I'm going to keep walking forward and keep locked on the eyes of Jesus. Yeah, so, you know, that's the wake up die lifestyle and we're we're inviting you to do it, you know, get that mindset in a place where it, it is taking you to the places that you need to go. And if you're if you're thinking that you are at the verge of giving up, this is this is your chance to plug into this community because we're going to support you and we're going to help you to change that mindset by sharing how we're doing it you know and others sharing it as well the beginning of the day end of the day it's all right there for you so wakeupdie.com that's where you go Uh, join in the discord as well and just being a part of this community because really mindset can be changed in community as well as you wrestle together with it so so that's what we're inviting you to do uh, as you join us and and of course diving deeper into the next conversation absolutely being intentional about what we believe because what you believe is what you become